Hello, welcome back to the Naked Security Podcast. I'm back, baby. It's Kimberly Trung. I was out sick last week because I got my second COVID shot. To my virtual right, I have Doug Ahmed. It's not a very good advert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I suppose you got better. Maybe that's the advert. Yeah, I'm alive. All's I'm here. well that ends well. To my virtual right, who have already been corresponding with, is the lovely Paul Ducklin. Hello. Guys, what do we got for recommendations this week before we cut right into the cybersecurity side of things? I'm going to quickly recommend there's a show uh, that is based out of the UK called Escape to the Chateau. And Mm. it's about a British couple who buy a French, um, what's it called? Chateau, obviously, but it's huge. (laughs) The hints in the title. I don't like. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe I'm not an advertisement for the second shot mm-hmm. because my brain power is not great. Uh, and it, it it's dilapidated. You see their journey in terms of making each uh, portion of the mansion better and bringing it back to its original glory. It is so fun. The wife is a designer and the husband is like a chef slash engineer. I don't think there's a more perfect couple to move to France and buy a chateau and be the ones fixing it up. So I is this reality this or is this like a, it's a reality show. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I, gotcha. Yeah. Not scripted. Is it contemporary? The latest episodes don't talk about the pandemic yet. So I'm assuming I'm behind or the, the filming um, just hasn't been done yet. Doug, what do you have for your recommendation this week? Well, guys, uh, the longer I live, the more I realize three, not two things to be inevitable. Death, taxes, mm. and the third thing... Still haven't got your PS5. That I, One day I will have it, Paul. Don't you worry. I may be in my 60s. I'm not worrying. One day. The third thing is that no adult likes having the birthday song sung to them. <laughs> it's just awkward for everybody. And after grimacing through yet another half-hearted rendition of the dumb song this weekend... I realized that the best birthday song is not, in fact, the official one. The best Uh version is as follows. This is your birthday song. It isn't very long. (laughs) So I recommend you sing that one from now on. Wait. Did someone just come up with that at your party? What what happened? Tell us the context. I heard that... um, When I was younger, it may have been at like some sort of uh, TGI Fridays or some nonsensical restaurant like that or it may have been at camp and i can't remember which one it doesn't matter though i just remember being like now that's the song for me that is a song yeah i want that song i'm gonna steal it from now on and the lyrics are this is your birthday song it isn't very long it isn't very long okay great folks now you know if you hate the birthday song much like doug you can you don't uh, have to say if everyone hates it no one (laughs) likes it except Uh, kids even kids i think we probably Yeah, yeah, we probably uh, use it with kids. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, well, speaking of songs, Duck, what do we have for our music recommendation this week? We're in Austria this week, and the band is called Two Words Psycho Toaster. <laughs> and <laughs> yes. I know that sounds like right. some kind of death metal arsonism name, but it isn't. It is quite doomy, heavy stuff, but with quite upbeat vocals. The first song on the Psycho Toaster album actually starts off with 
the issue of making toast in the morning. So uh, it's not psychotic or weird at all, but it is a curious name. And yes, Doug, you can code to it. Even PHP. Thank you. Great. Even PHP. That's an endorsement. Perhaps especially PHP. I've got nothing (laughs) against for or against PHP. I'm very neutral about it. All right. Let's head into cybersecurity land. I'm going to quickly tease the Ono of the week. As you guys know, the Ono happens at the end of this episode. And the only thing I'm going to say is this week's story is a doggone shame. Now. Woof. (laughs) Woof is right. Um, Doug, what do we got in the headlines this week? We're going to talk about uh, Apple's new AirTag products. They have been jailbroken already. We're going to talk about Dell. They have fixed some exploitable holes in the firmware update driver. And we're going to talk about a resurging Facebook Messenger scam. Keeps rearing its ugly head. But first, fun fact, the late Leo Fender, inventor of the wildly popular line of Fender guitars, was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1992. Perhaps the most interesting fact about Mr. Fender, he never learned to play the guitar. (laughs) That is great. Isn't that wild? That is great. I love that, actually. Did you know that he went on from coming up with guitars like the Telecaster and the Strat uh, to joining a company that made bass guitars? Music Man, the Stingray. Base mm-hmm. was his next business venture, and that he was awarded a technical Grammy sometime wow. in the mid 2000s, which was a great pity because he died in the 1990s, sadly. Oh, yeah. So it was posthumous. Oh. It would be like Michael Dell being like, Mr. Dell, which kind of computer <laughs> do you have? And he's like, Oh, I don't, <laughs> I don't use computers. I don't use computers. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Gates, you're running Windows, right? He's like, no, 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 I don't, I don't. Use but when, when you, when I heard that from you, Doug, I thought that can't be right, and I realised mm-hmm. I'd, I'd mixed up Leo Fender with Les Paul, mm-hmm. who was mm. of course a famous guitarist, and yep, what, what's the correct word, Luthier. But yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't know Fender. He he then went on and went into a, a company that didn't have his name to make basses, and a, but apparently had a non-compete for a while, so he was a silent partner until the seventies. And uh, so he was an innovator in uh, over several octaves and over many decades. Um, Let's talk about Apple's AirTags. So this is a new product that you attach to something that you're going to lose quite often, and uh, you can then find it. They're selling these for 29 bucks, and everyone's snatching them up. But uh, one security researcher, Paul, said, "Let's, let's break this thing. Yes. Everyone's calling it a jailbreak, which I suppose it is. And in fact, the chip that the AirTag is based on, which is, I believe, an NRF52832 microcontroller. There's a series of these chips that are used for devices like this. They have built into them a mechanism that when you put your final official shipping firmware on it you can include code that basically turns off all the hey i'm still doing debugging and i still want to be able to fiddle with this remotely so you can get program the device so that when it reboots it locks out anybody from the outside and the idea is you then use some kind of signed firmware update when you want to update so not just anybody can do it and uh, lo and behold this thing has been hasn't been out for very long and a chap known on Twitter as at Gehidra Ninja. Now everyone knows what a ninja is, presumably in programming. You know the uh, sort of super elite coding sort. 
and Gehidra is a a well-known reverse engineering tool that actually comes from none other than the National Security Agency of the US. So uh, Gehidra Ninja is very much into reverse engineering, decided let's have a go at the AirTag, new as it is. And it didn't take very long. Uh, they were able to reuse an attack that had been figured out last year by someone who just goes by limited results an offensive security researcher who figured out a way that if you pick exactly the right moment and we're talking about microsecond precision here to introduce a carefully controlled glitch into the power supply that goes to this microcontroller then you can actually cause the process of the cpu to misbehave at exactly and only the moment that it's sending the signal to itself to say turn off the debugging port and don't allow anybody to look at the firmware anymore. So by timing this perfectly, it seems that what you can do is you can let the device boot up. It doesn't crash because you only interrupt just the right moment and you end up with a device that's supposed to have locked you out, forgetting to turn off the debug port and then you can go in and dump the firmware, reverse engineering it um, with, with a software like Gehidra, and then you can, if you know what you're doing, uh, because you've got debug access, you can upload it back. And what Gehidra Ninja did was dump the firmware, uh, managed to make some changes to the firmware that would be accepted when they uploaded it again, and they, <laughs> of course, what do you do when you're a proof of concept, when you're dealing with URLs that people might click on? There's well, only one thing to do. There's only one thing to do, and uh, Gehidra Ninja definitely decided that they were never going to give up uh, doing that thing and never <laughs> going to let us down. And so they changed the Apple URL that reports, hey, I found someone's AirTag into a Rick roll. So you do get the gorgeous Rick Astley singing, never going to give you up, never going to let you down. Splendid. Kimberly, do take over at this point. Um, never going to... Uh... Well, uh, never going to run around, around and, and um, yeah, and desert you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Never anyway, that's what you'll get, you. and they've got a cute video showing that. So basically, it was what's called a power glitch that you 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 open up the device, you attach your own power probes to it in the right way. So you have to you have to open the casing, um, which does mean that you then need a fake casing if you want to put it back together, so somebody doesn't notice that there's been tampered with. So it is interesting, you know. Apple obviously. They're notorious for locking down their stuff anyway. So while this may not matter too much to most of us at this point, it probably matters a lot to anyone who works in cybersecurity coding or in PR at Apple, because they're probably thinking, darn, that was quick. And now <laughs> they have to figure out, you know, what do they do to, to make the device more resilient against this attack in the future? Okay, that is Apple AirTag jailbroken already, hacked in Rickroll attack on nakedsecurity.sophos.com. Um, before we move into our next story, we probably should quickly mention a few things. One, if you're listening to this episode on Thursday when this episode goes live, we've just passed Anti-Ransomware Day, which happened on the day before, on Wednesday. Um, what a rush it was, too, Kim. <laughs> I enjoyed myself immensely. Yes, my future self is already... You know what was really weird about that day is the first time I heard about it, someone contacted me and said, hey, are you doing anything for World Ransomware Day? What? There's a, <laughs> there's a World Ransomware Day now, and of course they meant 
World Anti-Ransomware Day, as you say. <laughs> Every day is ransomware day. Yes, this is sure. that this is, is sure. the sad side of it, is it not? That, that is the sad side of it. And speaking of ransomware, you probably have heard in the news about this colonial pipeline uh, ransomware attack that is happening in the United States. Duck, what should people know? I know it, there's a lot of new information flying around about the colonial pipeline and more discoveries being made. So we don't want to go into too much detail uh, for the podcast. No, and sadly, as from the ransomware side, that's a done deal, right? The attack happened, the demand came, and all the side effects that inevitably follow. So I think the deal with World Anti-Ransomware Day, and the reason why I usually I'm a little bit sceptical of World XYZ Day like that is it kind of implies that, well, one day a year you really need to take it serious, and the rest of the year you can stand down from blue alert. And I think the big news in the whole Colonial Pipeline thing is very sadly, they are not alone. There's nothing specific to their industry sector. It's nothing specific to the size or the wealth mm. of the company. There's nothing specific to the fact that they disrupting them might have some knock-on effect on US fuel deliveries. As our own 2021 state of, software state of ransomware survey shows, it can happen to anybody in any industry sector of any size at any time. So if mm. if it takes a world anti-ransomware day to get you to go, you know what, maybe I will do a bit of reading, a bit of research and a bit of planning. If that's what it takes to get you started, then great. But it, I, as I always say, it's, this is like no smoking day. It's the day <laughs> you adopt the habit of never smoking again for the rest of your life to improve your health it's not just one day off that you have and that's really really important yeah and again if you don't know where to start we have so many resources on nakedsecurity.sophos.com you can literally go to the search bar and search for ransomware and we have tips in every article. If you want really wildly specific tips on how Sophos can protect you against ransomware, you can head to news.sophos.com and we have a lot of different write-ups about uh, ransomware and how our anti-ransomware tools work. And so don't forget our Sophos Labs GitHub pages where mm -hmm. we regularly publish indicators of compromise or IOCs for ransomware attacks, which also deal with all the precursors that often come with those, and lots of other types of uh, cyber attacks, cyber threats, malware besides. And if you're looking to quit smoking, I recommend the book, The Easy Way to Stop Smoking by Alan Carr. Oh. I smoked for 10 years, read it in my mid-20s, and never smoked again. Just a you book. You did? Yeah. Wow. Now that's a wreck. The book, not to spoil it, he's just like, every chapter he's like, you don't... You don't need to. What, what's? Why don't you control it? Don't be an idiot. And you're like, oh, okay. That's I about it. That. It's like 200 pages of like, just do, just, 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 just do it. And he says, smoke while you're reading this book. <laughs> smoke all you want. Wow. I remember reading <laughs> it in the winter time in Minnesota and like going outside to smoke. And being like, God, it's cold out here. What am I doing? Yeah. yeah not to sound judgmental. I, I don't smoke, but I now want to read this book. Uh, he sounds like he's got great life advice in general. Uh, no, it's no, no, no. <laughs> Again, reminder, if you don't know where to start, head on over to nakedsecurity.sophos.com. 
Duck has so many articles on there on uh, how to get started for the average Joe and more advanced stuff. If you want to learn more advanced stuff about ransomware, you can head on over to news.sophos.com. Okay, our next story. Dell fixes exploitable holes in its own firmware update driver. Patch now! Researchers at Sentinel Labs say they found various exploitable bugs in one of Dell's Windows kernel drivers, which they reported back in December 2020. There were five related bugs. Dell has now issued a patch for these vulnerabilities, which may lead to escalation of privileges, denial of service, or information disclosure. Local authenticated user access is required. So, Duck, there's good news and bad news here, yeah? It's fixed now. Yeah, the good news is um, that it's fixed. If, if, you follow, if you follow the advice and you check... The bad news is that just reading through the list of Dell products to find out whether yours needs the patch is pretty huge because it seems that this bug has been lying around for about a decade, you know, back from when we weren't so fussy about security stuff, even in kernel drivers. So I think they they have two lists. One is for Dell products that are still supported. And the other is for what they call end-of-service-life Dell platforms. So those are like last-generation's laptops. There are 381 model names. I copied and pasted them carefully and counted them. 381 model names on the in the supported list and a further 195 models. Um, so it's pretty much, if you've got a Dell, uh, go to nakedsecurity.software.com, read the article, and then we've got a link to their various Dell pages which explain how to find out whether you're on the list if you are, what to do to get rid of the dodgy driver right now. And then there's a third thing that you have to do, so it can get quite complicated, is that you also need to update their updating process because if you leave the old firmware updater software there, it will, next time you do a firmware update, put the old driver back. Yeah, it's 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 tough to find a model on there that's not affected. So <laughs> if, you have a, if you have a Dell, it's probably on there. I, I just bought a new computer a couple months back and I settled on a Dell so I got very familiar with all the the models and the model names and most of them are on there but what's interesting is mine was I have the latest BIOS which came through on as part of a package of updates normally I don't like to do BIOS updates as part of a package with other updates because one time a long time ago it messed up one of my computers and so I'm very gun shy about it. so I'll do the updates then I'll do the BIOS update separately so as part of that package if memory serves, that updater was updated and the BIOS was updated. So it kind of took care of itself without having to do all the, this process that Dell's outlining. So I don't, and, and the, the BIOS version that I have is dated um, back in January. So yeah. they have known about this for a long time and it's been... I guess getting into all the, all the versions of all the updated programs, even if the driver's the same every time. Getting yeah. it so that every supported model with the buggy driver gets a new update program. I can see why it took them ages to get it right. And they yeah, didn't so, do it themselves any favors, did they? Where they say, oh, you can either go and delete one of these two files, and there are these two long path names, or yeah, I mean, you can just download, uh, we've got a removal tool, which is called yeah. dell-security-advisory-update-dsa-2021-088-underscore-7pr57-win-underscore-1.0.0-underscore-a-0-0. underscore win underscore one dot zero dot zero underscore a zero zero dot exe. And I kid you not. So there you go. <laughs> But I did the. Uh, I, I checked that I was updated. I searched for the file on my system. It wasn't there. And then I used our new EDR query, Ooh. our EDR product, 
you can query for it across your estate and uh, yeah. none of the Dells in my uh, little circle of computers I'm maintaining for free to friends and family have this problem on it. So Oh, excellent. So you used to use the... Don't worry about me, guys. <laughs> so you used the Sophos EDR query yep. to go through your, you know, your chums' computers mm -hmm. and see whether anyone had this thing sitting there. And nothing. Because it doesn't sound bad, uh, does it, from Dell's description where they go, local authenticated user access is required, which basically means, hey, the person needs to have logged in your, to your computer already. But as we have said over and over again on the podcast, if you think particularly of ransomware attacks, generally the crooks, they'll take their time until they find our way in. And they only need one way in. And usually when they get in, they'll just be little old you on your computer. And so they won't have the authority to go browsing over the entire network. But if they can find something like this Dell kernel driver, even if they have to copy a buggy kernel driver on themselves, and they can somehow get the old unupdated updater program to launch it, then by doing an elevation of privilege exploit, suddenly they're on an equal footing to your own sysadmins. So they've gone from being little old you to being the person with all the power they need essentially to take over your network. And that's why these elevation of privilege exploits don't write them off because the crooks have to get in first. Because it's very common that crooks will use exploits in pairs. One to get in, one to go up. All right, so we have some advice for you. Per usual, this first piece of advice um, is for a user. Visit the relevant security advisory page on Dell's website and follow the instructions to remove the buggy driver. Anything to add to that, Doug? It's, it's like I read that and I'm like, I, I'm pretty sure that as part of, you know, as when you own a Dell computer, it's like Dell has updates for you. And when you do that, it kind of took, I think it took care of itself. So yeah. I would first search for that, uh, that dbutil, that, that sys file and see if it's on your drive. dbutil underscore two underscore three dot sys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah if yep, that's it. If you've got that, then, then you definitely have a problem. Then you, so you can remove that file. Of course, it could come back. Then you need to update the firmware updater because that will bring with it, you hope, a new version of the driver, and it won't rely on the old version if someone puts it back. Because that's the problem. If you have a driver that you just delete, but you still have software on your system that relies on the old driver and you don't realize it, then a crook can deliberately reintroduce the old driver. It's a trick known jokingly as BYOB, bring your own bug. They can deliberately reinsert the old driver and then exploit it once they put it on your computer. So you need to get rid of the driver and update the updater. So as Doug said, if you've, if you've done a, the full cycle of Dell updates lately, you're probably okay. But it's worth checking just in case. And if you work in the cybersecurity operations team, check your hardware inventory against Dell's list of affected models, which apparently... Yeah. Only Sounds like 593 of them or whatever. Spoiler, <laughs> it's on there. <laughs> or as yeah. Doug said, if you've got the Sophos uh, EDR product, you, we've yeah. got a query on news.sophos.com. You can just download it. You can mm -hmm. go through and that will quickly, t it won't tell you whether it's a, a specific model or I'll just assume that if the files, if the wrong files in the right place, you have a problem and you need to deal with it right away and it can do that very quickly. I guess what you would call an indicator of compromise. Last tip for those of you who work in QA or on the code review team, 
make a regular habit of revisiting legacy driver code. True that. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, the real problem is that this driver was around, I think, since 2009. And like I said before, we do things differently these days. A lot's changed in the last 10 years and just as much changed in the 10 years before that. Just to put 2021 eyes on 2009 programmers, because inside your company, your own sort of rules and guidelines and coding practices have probably changed enormously in the last 12 years. And if I know engineering teams, I'm pretty sure they have plenty of time to go back through legacy code and make all those fixes without incurring any additional tech debt. Oh, man, Doug, you just got put on a hit list. Uh, <laughs> you just got yourself a target on your back. Look, this t I, I hate that term technical debt because I yep. think it underplays what it really means, yeah. which is basically we True cut dad. corners 10 years ago. <laughs> Thank you, Doug. I'll take that as a compliment. We cut corners 10 years ago to hit a deadline. Yep. And... Or sometime, real soon now, we'll go back and fix it. Sometimes you actually just have to dig your heels in and say, now is that time. Yeah, they should call it tech karma. <laughs> <laughs> Come back to get you. Yeah, what goes round certainly comes round. Well, folks, if you want to check out that article, we also, again, we have a link to the Sophos EDR, our endpoint detection and response product, where you can create a system query to hunt down these buggy Dell drivers on your network. You can find a link to that on nakedscary.sophos.com. And the title of this article is Dell Fixes Exploitable Holes in Its Own Firmware Update Driver Patch Now. All right, kids, I'm pulling the car over. We're going to stretch our <laughs> legs. We're going to have a picnic on the side of the highway Yay. called Technology Etymology, where we learn the meaning behind various tech terms. And this week, we're going to talk about Lego. Now, few <gasps> people on this big blue rock that's hurtling through time and space at a terrifying clip aren't familiar with the ubiquitous toy bricks. But did you ever wonder about the origin of the Lego name? Mm -hmm. Well, Lego, as you may or may not know, is a Danish company. And the name Lego is simply a mashup of two Danish words, leg, L-E-G, and got, G-O-D-T, which translates to play well in English. Oh. But more like my leg got injured after <laughs> stepping on all these Legos <laughs> in the dark because I have terrible night vision. Even if you have great vision, yeah, you, you can get caught by a Lego. I don't know if vision is necessarily um, mm -hmm. uh, going to help if you have a, a woven carpet with an interesting yeah, every pattern night. on it. I only realized recently that in the US, you guys call them Legos. Yeah. Use the plural, which mm -hmm. in British English, you just never use that. But it actually makes a lot of sense because it reminds you when you spill the bucket that you have to pick up all of them, not just one. So mm -hmm. Picking them up is very much a plural exercise. The Lego purists in the U.S. will get very uh, get bent out of shape if you call it Legos. We're <laughs> talking about this messenger scam that is re-rearing its ugly head again and again. I'm looking through the comments. It's like December, January, February. March. It just keeps yeah, popping up, Paul. Yeah. We've talked about this before on the show, haven't we? We've already covered this. The we have spoken about it on the podcast yeah. before, and I thought we should mention it again because you can see from the naked security statistics 
when old stories pop back, they just suddenly appear in the top 10 of the day. And you think, oh, golly, here it comes again. And as you say, that the latest comment is from just two days ago from a, a chap called Rafi. And it says, hey, I just fell for that scam for day. And unfortunately, I did enter my credentials. What should I do now? Oh. Um, so it, it's making a research. Just a reminder, this one is the one that says, is it you in the video? And you have what looks like a video, but it's just a black screen with the little video play triangle on it, as though you know, it's like a video that's broken. And you think, why would anyone click on that? It's obviously just garbage. But the idea is means the crooks don't have to guess what video stuff you might be interested in. The reason that you click on it is it's one of those scams that comes from your buddies. In other words, the crooks have got, say, your password, and then they've used your account to reach out and play with the minds of your friends and your yeah. family and your colleagues. Mm -hmm. And of course, they don't need any more text than is it you in the video. They don't have to declare what the video is about because you know if it's your buddy, then you'll know what your shared interests are. And so you're liable to just click on it and have a look rather than asking them first. And if you do, of course, it said, oh, to see the video, you have to log into Facebook. Not much of a surprise. There's a, an almost pixel-perfect facsimile of a Facebook login page. And, of course, it's a fake site. The crooks get your password. And the problem here is not that there's anything technically sophisticated about this. The problem is that the crooks are relying on the fact that you'd never click on the link if it was in an email that just came from somebody you never knew, but you probably will take it seriously if it comes from someone you know, because to be honest, why shouldn't you? Just another another reason to use a password manager, because if you were sent to a true yep. Facebook login page, right. it would pre-fill that with your credentials. And if not, it, you would, it wouldn't work because it's a bogus URL. And check the URL and don't yep. click on bogus links. And, mm -hmm. and use do your best. Use a second factor of authentication mm -hmm. if you can, and you can indeed on Facebook. You can do it with your phone number or with the Facebook's own uh, code generator in the app on your phone, because what that means is even if the crooks get your password, it's very unlikely or it's much more difficult for them also to get your login token. You know, they'd have to trick you into handing it over. And although that is possible and people do get scammed, even though they've got 2FA turned on, what's a little inconvenience for you does make it much harder for the crooks. I have received not this scam, but different scams via Facebook Messenger from quote unquote friends on Facebook. But it's never from people I ever talk to. It's from people that, you know, for whatever, I don't know why, I, they probably go through and mass message a bunch of friends yeah. on your list or what have you. But I think that's usually the first indicator at, that I've seen personally is that I'm getting a message from someone I, I don't ever interact with. Um, yeah, that's true. Although, of course, when the crooks get into any person's account, if they message all that person's friends, at least yes, some of them need one, will be right? people mm -hmm. that they have spoken to recently. So right. it's, it's a much more targeted kind of attack without them needing to think about how to do the targeting than spam that came in email that from someone that you've never heard of at all. Yeah, I have definitely been that person uh, going back to the advice. Um, if you get one of these messages, let the friend know, obviously, that they've been hacked. But I've definitely been that person contacting them, being like, hey, FYI, your account's definitely been hacked. 
I've received these like crazy whatever links to buy something that you know. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you're not trying to sell me. So Paul, this is this has been going on for months. Is there yes. not uh, clearly they're like they're probably changing up the URL or whatever. They're they're obfuscating some things. They're mm. doing some things to switch it up because Facebook's not catching on to it quickly enough. But is there has to be a way? This has to be similar enough to the the one the one that broke out in December to the one that's happening now that Facebook should be able to like figure it out. To block it well obviously yes facebook can do it just like you know if you've got sophos endpoint protection or sophos home for example we have a web filter that will go hey you click this link we're not going to let you go there because we know that it's associated with the crooks it doesn't have to have malware on it yet all we have to know or suspect is that it's part of the large pool of servers that this bad gang of crooks have at their disposal to run attacks now. So they can change the URLs all the time. Now, we can't always block them in advance, but very frequently we can. The problem is, you know, you're seeing it from Facebook or any messenger services point of view. You can't just block a message because it says, is it you in the video? Mm. And that's yeah. why crooks who are using instant messaging or, as we've said on the podcast before, SMS scams, in some ways they have it easy. The messages are supposed to be short, supposed to be simple, don't need to greet you by name, and they're just trivial to copy and paste. And they're just relying on you clicking the link. So the, the link is the thing you need to be wary of. And you can do that either by looking at it and go, that, that just doesn't add up, or by having automatic web filtering that says, we're not going to let you go there. Well, I would know it in my personal Facebook account that this was a scam because years ago I called my friends list down to mostly family members and uh, mostly older family members. So if someone like my father or my uncle or some of my aunts were to contact me in this way, they don't really understand how messaging works. So the message would say, it would read like an email like, hi, Doug, how are you? This is your father. I live in Florida, if you recall. I hope things are going well. Love, Dad. <laughs> and that would be the message. So for someone to leave a message like, is it you in the video, I'd say that is not real. Although don't forget, if the crook's trying hard enough, they could, if they're in your dad's account, they can go and copy and paste the last message he sent, can't they? So that's the problem. Once the crooks are inside somebody's account, A, they can talk like that person much more readily if they want. And B, if you reply to that account to say, hey, has your account been hacked? It's like the biggest tip off. If you think the account's been hacked, Whatever you do, do not reply using the very account that sent you the suspicious no. message in the first place. Careful out there, folks. Yes. Is it you in the video? Don't fall for this messenger scam. That is on nakedsecurity.sophos.com. Friends, we are heading towards the end of our episode, so you know what that means. It's time for the oh no of the week. Now, this oh no comes from a loyal listener who writes... Back in the 1990s, we offered our software with quarterly updates on floppy disk. Five and a quarter or three and a half, you choose. Most people wanted three and a half, but those with older computers obviously still needed five and a quarter. One day, a customer who happened to live really close by, entirely by chance, called up to say, disk won't read. We'd usually just send another, but he said he'd come by and pick up a new one. I asked if he'd bring in the old one so we could check it, if it was a quality thing in the disc or in the cardboard packaging we used. Always good to keep your supply chain on its toes. He ummed and awed, but came in anyway. 
We gave him the new disc and then set about reading the old one sector by sector. All was well until about track 27, sector Mm, 7. That's a tough track and sector if I know my tracks and sectors. (laughs) Which was where we found a suspicious puncture mark. I was hoping you wouldn't notice that, said the customer, because my dog got at the parcel when it arrived. He took a few (laughs) bites, pun intended. (laughs) But we didn't think he'd bitten right through, as he's a tiny creature. The... And <laughs> those dogs. I got yes. a tiny dog, and they're be- they're 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 worse than the big ones. Well, they don't know <laughs> they're small, do they? They That's don't know. They want to be goes, big. Oh look, there's a giant cardboard parcel. Let me chew it a bit. <laughs> so imagine, because the outside of those discs could be black, so you wouldn't really. If there's a tiny little, the end of a sharp tooth, just yeah, just it. the little, and then it. And it only has; to, it doesn't even have to go through the, di- the the actual disc inside, which is flopping around freely. It just has to make a little dent, and then yeah. Oh, so cute! I don't know. I find I this very cute. Floppies. Yeah, just a wave of I nostalgia just... anytime I hear about diskettes. Diskettes. Yeah. Simpler ah. times. Simpler times, but also please insert disc twelve out of twenty-four. I know. <laughs> simpler oh my god mm-hmm. there's nothing simple about that guys what a fun oh no if you mm-hmm. have an oh no for us you can hit us up on all the things we are on twitter instagram facebook you can message us at naked security or you can leave an anonymous comment on any of our articles on nakedsecurity.sophos.com if you message us please uh we'll know it's an oh no if you message us is it you in the video that's how we'll know (laughs) yeah put in the subject line is it you in the video and i will click on this dodgy link uh only to find out that i've uh, been duped i'll tell you what will happen rick astley will start playing that yeah you know what i'm okay with that if you want to rip roll me i'm totally okay with this so (laughs) send it my way um, I suspect you may have cause to regret saying that. <laughs> yeah, both me and Doug but, you know, now have a target on. on our back. Yep. Oh boy, what an episode for Doug and I. Okay, so Reddit, you can message me. My username is oh no, it's Kim. O H N O, it's Kim. And then the last way you can reach us, tips at sophos.com. Until next time, stay, stay secure. secure. This is your birthday song. It isn't very long.